Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. It's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We got out early because Renee was back. She tested negative for COVID. Her attorney, however, still had COVID, so he was not able to be in the room, although he was in a different room in the same courthouse monitoring through an online uh, feed or in intercourt feed, I guess. And okay, so they can do that. They just chose not to put it online. I mean, the correct. infrastructure oh, yeah. is there. Oh, yeah, okay. they had cameras in that room. Well, I knew they had cameras, yeah. but that's very different from being able to like have an audio feed, right? They got it all wired yeah. up. They just chose not to. Yeah, they, and they did shame. choose not to, yeah, regrettably. It's a real shame. It would have been great for this trial to have been streamed online for anyone who wanted to to see. But the federal government courts have not wanted to have any kind of uh, viewing, at least easily. They want you to have to physically come down there, pass through an invasive search that's more invasive than the TSA. Uh, Is it? Yeah, they take your cell phones. Oh, see, I don't even take my cell phone in. Because it's going to get confiscated. Right. (laughs) Uh, I I know enough about the federal government to know I am not handing them my cell phone if I don't have to. And you can just leave your... That's what I don't get. If people know they're not going to be allowed to take their cell phones in, why why isn't everyone just leaving their cell phones in their car? I think they don't know. And then they they find out when they get there. And then by that time, you're far away from your car and yeah. it's you know cold outside so you just leave it there and then it's in the hands of the security goons and you have no idea what they're going to do with it Pur- you probably nothing but yeah, you don't know purportedly they just lay it on a table and then assign no numbers to it so like even if they don't actually hook it up to a downloading device and image the uh, the cell phone while you're gone, which they could totally do yeah, if I mean, they wanted to. You're you're not telling them they can't. You're handing them you're literally handing yeah. them your device. If they want to search it, I mean you've put it in their custody. They don't require any any special permission at that no. point. You've already given it. If you uh even if they're just laying it down on a table with other phones the real reason not to do it beyond the concern about what they might do is that there's no security on this table. Like when you give them your phone, they don't make a note and say, Aria Galaxy S20 or whatever, right? right. Like they don't they don't give you a ticket that's uh, associated with your number. They just say, mm, okay, we're just going to leave it here. And so, if Which you is saw- amazing because I'm pretty sure the courthouse here in Keene did more than that. When I, I went through and I had my dog's uh, yeah. prong collar in my purse and they took it from me, obviously, because it's so better when you can't have unquote, that or whatever. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they gave me some sort yeah, of sheet number. of paper yeah. and it was like, you have to have this to pick it back up. Right. Makes sense. And this wasn't even like a phone or anything. It was just a stupid dog collar that I had forgotten about. <laughs> right. Well, of course, they'll let you in with a phone in uh, state courts in in New Hampshire. That's true. That's okay here. But not in federal court. My attorney then filed in a few motions to dismiss, uh, which you can do and at that point in the game. Okay. You know, you, you always try to dismiss them before the, the trial, which, of course, never works. Um, and then what happens is, you know, the state, or the in this case, the U.S. attorneys make their case. Right. And the argument is... They didn't make a case. They didn't show enough evidence. They didn't show any evidence in some cases, and they didn't meet the burden of uh, reasonable doubt at all. Like they didn't even meet X, Y, and Z requirements for these. So some of these charges. things should not go to a jury, and That's the judge should summarily dismiss them. Correct. That's okay. the argument at this at this stage in the game. So, How do you feel about it? Obviously, uh, nothing is certain. No, I mean, I'm not optimistic. You know how judges are. I mean, this they, one... They are part of the state, right? right? That's what a lot of people fail to understand. And they, some of them, many of them, perhaps, try to be impartial, but ultimately, you are asking the state 
to determine whether or not the state is correct. Yeah, and the, and you could see the judge was already in the the motion er- hearing where both sides were arguing what you know Sisti put in the motion to dismiss, and then the other side said, "Well, you, you don't dismiss it because of this and that." And you could tell the judge was was reaching to try to make excuses to keep the charges in play, even though they're just so weak. I mean, their case is so shoddy. Um, but yeah, so some we'll of see. these charges were, were trivially easy to have dismissed. You would think. You would think. But again, as you say, he works for the government. Right. He's likely going to tote the government line as far as he possibly can. So we'll see. I mean, if he if and he I've kicks seen, a couple out, great. That's you know fewer things for the jury to look at, and it'll look bad if the jury comes back tomorrow and the judge says, "Yeah, I didn't think these case, you know, this particular charge or these two charges were worth continuing with, so I'm just going to toss those out." Now you only have six charges or whatever that that you have to look at. That definitely it would be a uh, a black eye to the prosecution, which is one of the reasons why it probably isn't going to happen. But if it does, that's great. No, but to be honest and to be fair and to give credit where credit's due, I have seen from Judge LaPlante a certain reasonableness True. that I don't expect out of judges. Yeah, and I have said that before as well. Uh, during jury selection, he seemed to play it pretty straight up the middle yeah um you know he hasn't been crazy with shutting down the defense at all it, that hasn't happened basically there have been a well, few your defense has yet to start right but what i mean is like he hasn't like stopped cross-examination or anything like that we haven't been given notice we're not going to be allowed to call our witnesses i mean if you look at the ross ulbricht situation from 2015 which was also in federal court although in new york completely different district and new hampshire is a very different beast from new york but you would think like federal court a federal court b how could it be that different because the people man sydney's on the line first though in pennsylvania go ahead sydney um i'm not surprised there are some powerful backers back in that documentary um you know, there's a lot of people, I think, that don't want to come forward or be associated, which is totally fine. Thank you, Ian, for taking this case as far as it's gotten. Um, mm-hmm. I've been following the coverage online at Preteen. Mr. Penguin's been keeping transcripts as best as he can, it seems like. Yeah, uh, Sometimes really. they're a little bit hard to decipher, but it seems like uh, the really good content is there. Okay. Uh, something that really stuck out to me about the day six uh, was this expert witness, um, I want to commend you guys for having encrypted uh, software, you know, just the same way that you guys preach on the radio. As I understand um, it, there was no expert witness. Maybe Correct. he means um, the special agent lady because she kind of seemed like expert witness. Are you talking about but the she one was that... not an expert. She was determined by the court to definitively they not be an expert. They never even called that lady. No, no, no. The but... blockchain lady, no, okay. lady I think never got he's called. confused of the special agent lady who went through your laptop. Yeah, what are you referring to, yeah. Cindy? Can you be more, a little more clear? I mean, in normal parlance, she would be an expert. It's just court. No, wor- she's it's not court an expert. Words that say she's, she's not just an a bureaucrat who went through my laptop. She, That's all. She yeah. knew yeah, stuff yeah, about it off the top of her head. Yeah, from my reading of what uh, Mr. Penguin said, it sounded like she was on the stand. Uh, his coverage does jump around a little bit, and he makes lots of commentary. But then it seemed like they deferred over to somebody else. That said that they analyzed the hard drive mm-hmm. that they got from the church's laptop. That's right. And, uh, and then they mentioned that they had to send it off to Quantico, Virginia, in order to crack this encryption. 
and it took them, you know, two, two and a half weeks or something. It took several so, weeks to crack. It was only an eight uh, character password. So certainly had it been, you know, 64 characters, they probably wouldn't have gotten it done by now. But uh, it was it was a weak password because honestly, there really wasn't that much of importance to me on that computer. Almost all the files were on the, the completely unencrypted computer in the studio as well. So it was like pretty much a mirror image. I don't know if you heard this, guys, but apparently Elon Musk, his... His eminence, the supposed free speech absolutist, has made a new policy for Twitter that says that if you're promoting one of the competitors... They did roll that back. Oh, oh they really? did? Yes. Oh, okay, because I thought that was really That you would be banned. If Due you... to extreme backlash. You moron! What did you... Ex- <laughs> yeah. How... <laughs> See, this is why I think that the allegations that we hear about Elon Musk in regard to not Starlink, the other one, uh, Tesla. Neuralink? Oh, Tesla. Tesla. And, you know, former employees and current employees who don't refuse, who don't admit their identity saying that, you know, part of their job was to control Elon Musk's man-child impulses. (laughs) When you hear, when I hear that, I think, okay, there's a decent chance this is just blown out of proportion. They're just, right, because they said that about Trump, too. And yeah, it's like, what are the odds? Like, that they're just sour employees. They, they were fired and they're salty. However, then you see stuff like this. And this is the behavior of an impulsive man-child who did not think this through at all. I did think this was really, really in bad taste. I've never heard of any other social media platform doing that. No, it would be insane. 95% of the content on Facebook is stuff from... Somewhere else. You know, Tumblr and Mm -hmm. Twitter. And the same is true for Twitter. It's all screenshots of Facebook and... Mm Tumblr and TikTok and whatever else. You know, I think there wouldn't have been as much backlash. I would personally think it was wrong, but there wouldn't have been as much backlash if he just said, we're not going to promote NBC, all those, you know, New York Times, all of those, Mm. uh, like, mass media things. I think people would have been like, yeah, let's do it. So much for a free speech absolutism, right. though, right? I don't know how very many people who are actually free speech absolutists. I can't you believe can he ever used that term. You can find it at social.freetalklive.com. Yeah, where uh, we had another report come in recently. <laughs> I just click resolved on these things and keep... Are you? I don't know if you're referring to the same one. The other transphobic yeah, report, yeah, yet yeah. another one? Yeah, so as administrators of social.freetalklive.com, Aria and I received these reports and 90% of them come from users who aren't even on our website. They, yeah, that's so annoying, cause, man. Because Mastodon, which is the system that we use, is federated, which means that anybody with a federated Mastodon elsewhere that has not disconnected from us for good uh, is able to view our accounts, and we can view their accounts, and vice versa, and that's a cool thing. Like, that's a cool idea. It is. It's great. But when you get somebody who's got a stick up their butt about what somebody has said on a server that isn't even the same server they're on. That's, well, that's like you don't even have to look at that. Right. But they find the report button and they mm-hmm. go over there and they click that button and they try to get somebody taken down because of quote unquote transphobia. But you, the trans person <laughs> who administers the site, you got to it before I did. 
So Mastodon, it isn't perfect. It it is you know an alternative to Twitter. It's self hosted. I like that. I like that it's open source. In theory, someone who wanted to go in and edit Mastodon's code could do that. We don't have those guys. We don't have the 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 money to you know or the interest in paying them to do that kind of work. So we just have to deal with it as is. And unfortunately, that means that we have to deal with these stupid reports coming in. And as you said, you just kind of like bypassed it or hit resolved or whatever but it would be nice if we could write first of all it'd be nice if we could ban people from off the server reporting people on our server and just never have to see them again that would be that's ideal. not an option but, but i mean it'd be nice if, if we could write the guy back and just be like stop snitching I, <laughs> I there's no a, way to do it i have a dilemma about like going to the police that i've thought about for a long time like one time i was really into watching uh it was the only time in my life that i was really into watching like true crime like murder stories mm-hmm. so i have been thinking about that a lot and I was doing Uber Eats, but I was taking a break from, like, the slowest part of the day, probably, like, four. It was still daylight outside. And I just parked my car, and I was watching YouTube videos in my car on a road called, I think, Park Street in San Antonio off of Broadway, if anybody knows where that is. There's just lots of houses, and uh, I think it's kind of cute. Some of the houses, you can tell, like, somebody ghetto lives there, and it's not very well taken care of. And some of them are almost like McMansions. It's really cool. Anyways, okay. um, so I'm sitting by... Some I haven't houses. heard the term McMansion since the episode of King of the Hill. That's where, where, where like, I always think okay. of when I hear that term, and I think that's where I got it from. But all anyways, right. so um, but they're all like really cool, like Spanish style, and and I like it. But anyways, I was sitting next to some houses that weren't like that were a little like run down, but I didn't really care. Like I always felt safe in San Antonio, and um, I was sitting there watching YouTube videos on my phone, and this man with like um scars all over his head, and he looked crazy a little bit, and uh, like. He definitely had like like you know like tattoos, so I'm just prejudging mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. Looked a little rough and tumble. Well, he's got tattoos on his head. That's right. <laughs> that, that's a bit beyond you know your your aria okay. tattoos on your arm kind of thing. And he he came up and he like waved to me from the window, so I rolled it down like a an inch, and I was just like hello. And he had, by the way he had come out like when the house was right next to me. Oh, okay, and uh, he was he, just checking. And on I you. was, and that's the reason I even talk to him at all if i'm like driving away if he like right. just walked up from the street i, I was just like too creepy if he i thought maybe he wanted to know i was doing it at his house yeah sure so i don't maybe it was dumb anyway but i opened it uh, like an inch and he was like was he like hey. want to come inside and see my mannequin collection it was almost <laughs> like that he said hey i was just wondering i have a really cute dog and i wanted to know if you wanted to come pet my dog whoa i look at the house the yard he pointed at there was no dog in the yard he was talking about That's like inside his creepy. house and yeah. I was just like, no thanks. I'm actually leaving. And I like drove away. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was really. Good save. It man. was really creepy. And uh, so like I always thought later, I was like, what if he's like a murderer? What if I called the police and they went and investigated him? And then they found out he murdered lots of people in his house. And what if they never find him? Because I don't uh, report him. And I was like, no, I'm not going to call the cops. Like, I, I know. You inside. I know. You know. There's no crime there. So that, that's what I, I don't think there's any crime there. And I don't think yeah. that I should have. But what if he's killing people that way? <laughs> Did you call the police? No, no. Okay. I, I, it was just like a what if I right. needed to in like this. What if I'm the only one that knows that he's a murderer? Did they walk them back completely or part of the way? The, the restriction was that according to Elon Musk, the new policy, if you were, quote unquote, using your account to promote some other social media, that it would be suspended your account on twitter would be suspended they included mastodon they included instagram they included i believe facebook 
uh, as well, and several others that I hadn't heard of. It's just I, so weird. Like, so many people have, like, their YouTube or their Instagram in their bio or whatever. Well, some of them, some social media platforms were exempted, and some of them mm. were not. Like, mm. you could still promote TikTok. Oh, interesting. So, presumably, you could still share your TikTok, but that's the way this works, right? You create something on one social media platform, you and then you it share the it to the others. I, I don't know why that's what we do, but that's what we do. But according to CNN here, Twitter has deleted, I don't know why they would use the term delete, Hmm. the controversial new policy that bans links to other social media platforms. Oh, okay. I didn't even know this had happened until it had already been, you know, undone. Less than 24 hours after it was introduced, it was undone. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that because I did see some walking back partially of Musk where he was saying, I think it was some other conservative poster or something had uh, said, well, no, it doesn't mean you can't share links. It just means you can't be constantly promoting the other site. Oh, yes, because I they have human beings there who are constantly monitoring people's feeds to see, okay, well, you've mentioned Mastodon in... 46% of your last tweets, and that's that exceeds the 45% mm. threshold, well, so now we have, have to robot. ban you. You're, that's mm. what you mean. They have an automated system. They right. Which, well, we can absolutely right. trust an automated system, yeah. right? Well, that's why the Free State Project got banned the other day, because they were, quote-unquote, 13 years old. And that's because when they signed up for Twitter, they selected their birth date as 2009 or something like that. <laughs> Are you joking? No, yeah, no, they got they're banned. back now, but it did happen for like a whole whole day and a half. No wonder libertarians me. love the Free State Project so much, though. <laughs> they're thirteen, underage. Thirteen is a little young for most libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so it sounds like you're saying they deleted the entire policy at this point. So it's over. According to this, okay. it also right. deleted the tweet thread from the support account that had announced the policy earlier in the day. Mm, okay. Well, that's that's good that he's able to at least take feedback, even though it was a rash decision. He was able to quickly take feedback and undo it. And look, the reality of, of course, Twitter is it is Musk's property. If he wants to get drunk and start making policy decisions and start banning people, you know, he can do that. From what I've seen of Musk since the takeover, like do I. I don't think he's cut out for this. I think he's entertaining. I, I just voted didn't no. vote. He is. I didn't vote. You voted yes, and you voted no. <laughs> I was like, I just don't care. He's entertaining, but that doesn't mean I want him to be in charge of Twitter. I, I don't care. Obviously, I, could, I could just leave Twitter, yeah. but like, I think Twitter would flourish under someone who was less of an impulsive man-child. I know Alex Jones has Infowars, but it's not Twitter. Like, if if he owned Twitter, it would be the most interesting place in the internet on the internet. Alex Jones. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Make Alex Jones CEO. Right. He's been a successful businessman. Or yay? I mean, no, not yay. No, he's too off the rails. That's the thing. I love him, but. It's too off the rails. Like it wouldn't be. It, he sometimes goes past the point of being entertaining anymore. Like, about Yang? Yeah. I think that he uh, got rejected from Parlor. Remember, he was going to buy Parlor, and he was oh, like yeah. locked in. The deal was was in the pipes, and then Parlor said, "Nope." Could have and, been the Nazi thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, that 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 can drive people away. I mean, it's one thing to be a Christian who's advocating all these things, but then you go out there and you say that you know. Jews should forgive Hitler and most Christians, and I think Parler was a Christian platform. I know Gab is. Could be. But most Christians are going to say, you know what? I don't think we see eye to eye on this. 
Regarding the Elon Musk poll, I mean, he definitely comes off as impulsive, but at the same time, he also comes off as calculating, meaning that I don't think Elon Musk, I don't think he would have put up this poll without a plan for what to do if the answer is, yes, you must resign. It better not be Grimes. He's got something that he wants to do here. Now, maybe he already has a CEO in mind. You know, maybe he's going to put some one of his best buddies in charge of it. So essentially, it'll you know make no particular change to uh, to Twitter. Or maybe he is really going to look at at options here. You have Edward Snowden. Mark came in here during the break to let me know that Edward Snowden has apparently stepped up as a potential CEO of Twitter. And if you think about it, the dude probably could use some work, right? Like he's in uh, Russia. I'm sure he's taking some consulting gigs or whatever. But I mean, how much work can you really get? As a, an American escapee in Russia, this I suspect coming out. I suspect Edward Snowden is accepting cryptocurrency donations. That's what he actually says. He says, "I take payment in Bitcoin." That was his response to nice. Elon Musk's post about, "quote This is Musk saying the question is not finding a CEO. The question is finding a CEO who can keep Twitter alive." And Snowden says, "I take payment in Bitcoin." So it sounds to me like he's throwing his hat in the ring. And yeah. I suspect that Snowden has received a significant amount of Bitcoin donations from libertarians who support of it, yeah. him. He's probably. Living comfortably. Yeah, he's probably not hurting. But I I agree, Edward Snowden is a good choice. I would like to see Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning working together. And Julian Assange. Might as well. Give them the trifecta. All three CEOs. (laughs) Chelsea Manning is also dating Grimes. To me, the man-child thing is different from an adult who just likes playing with action figures. Weird though that is, Mm -hmm. a man-child is someone who encapsulates, you know, the negative aspects of childhood. Well, could tantrums and the impulsive, Mm. wild behavior. Can a man-child actually hold down a CEO role? I mean, I've never really. If they have enough money, I don't see why not. Yeah, you might be right about that. I don't know. I don't know. We've talked about these man children before, and there was a story a few years ago on Free Talk Live. It was about this guy who was like suing his parents or something like that because they were kicking him out of their house. Oh my God, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. And he was described <laughs> in the story as being a man child. And the, you know, one of the problems with this guy was he couldn't hold down a job. You know, he's just a loser. And so he wants to mooch off of his parents. I just, I've always sort of had that view of the man child of somebody who refuses to grow up at all, right? Like they cannot even handle the responsibility of showing up at a job on time. I don't think that's what this story is going to be about. So I was just sort of throwing out these different terms. There's adult children, there's man child. I think man-child can mean different things. Certainly the person you mentioned is a man-child. I think Mm -hmm. Elon Musk can also be a man-child. And there's there's degrees of Mm -hmm. man-children, I guess, whereas the guy who sued his parents because he can't hold down a job is, you know, the worst of the The man-children. Like, I saw a tweet on Twitter, and I, I don't know. Of course, I'm not a parent, so it's bad to, like judge someone for something I've never been through, but I felt like this was the most man child tweet I've ever seen. The man was like, I'm honestly not doing too I'm not adjusting too well to parenthood. There's some things you just uh don't realize that you'll miss, like sitting in the living room with your friends enjoying a blunt. And I was like, oh God. If you were like entering into parenthood purposefully and then you're like, I just want to smoke a blunt I with my friends. He was not alone. doing it purposefully. Then again if you accidentally have a kid. Awareness of giving up those things is one of the reasons why I do not have kids, mm. right. right? And I suspect that's true of you both as well. And maybe not 
I mean, I don't want to sit around smoking plants with my friends or whatever, but I recognize that there are things that I do now that I would not be able to do if I had children, and that's why I don't have children. Let me tell you, I know plenty of people who will smoke a blunt that's with the kids thing. in the room. That's the thing. My friends that have kids definitely smoke weed. These kids at heart are responsible for one-fourth of all toy sales every year, around $9 billion worth, and are the biggest driver of growth throughout the industry, according to data from NPD Group. The group, or rather this cohort, which is defined as ages 12 and older, has been steadily contributing to the industry for years. Now, why would it be, uh, how can you call them kidults if they're 12 and older? I mean, those are definitely still very young yeah, uh, wait, people, what? Right? They shouldn't count 12-year-olds. The idea of a 12-year-old playing with toys doesn't sit right with me. Like board games, right? They're good for ages, you know, 6 to 100, right? But it's supposed to drop off a bit in the middle, especially in the teenage years. I don't know. Like, when, when I, I'm trying to remember my 12th birthday, and I am certain that I received toys and liked them, like dolls and, like, cute sea things. Like, I was probably getting into, like, oh, I want play makeup and a fake purse or something like that but also like oh a hello kitty stuffed animal i would have gone crazy you know maybe but like at the age of 14 any 14 year old boy who's like playing with gi joes is a future loser okay you make a good point i mean there's definitely some transit transitory years in there i think that maybe people who weren't as mature when they were in their younger teens see this as ridiculous and then others who were maturing faster like yeah that makes sense uh, so I guess it just depends okay. on, on the yeah. individual. But so uh, they say that this particular group of people, the supposed kidults, has been steadily contributing to the industry for years, but spending accelerated in the wake of the pandemic, leading to year-over-year gains despite tough comparisons. It's an important moment for the toy industry, too, with the holiday season upon us. While sales surged across the board for board games, puzzles, and play sets during the pandemic, since... People were staying home, so they needed something to do. The first nine months of 2022 saw a 3% decline in sales volume. Higher toy prices helped outweigh these losses as sales revenue for the time period jumped 3%. Oh, so I see what they're saying. They're like, oh, they made the same amount of money because of inflation. That's stupid. If the money is worth Mm, less, then it didn't help the economy. That's so stupid. Or the industry. It's the broken window fallacy. Well, I guess sort of. It's like create right. a problem and say it's the solution. Oh yeah, it is the broken window fallacy because it's like oh well, well now he has now he's gonna have to pay to put money into the community by the broken window and it's like it doesn't actually help. It doesn't help because it's money that they could have spent on more productive things. Yeah, right? the government you know made it to where these people had to spend more money on their toys. I mean they're buying toys though. I mean so we could say they could have spent more mo- money on more productive things. Oh I mean I guess it produces happiness and I'm not going to judge them for that. You know whatever. Does yeah, it I though? Do. Yeah. Maybe temporarily? Yeah. I mean, I mean consumerism tends to not really produce happiness, right? It is just that temporary Ill- illusion of, "Ooh, I got the thing I wanted." And then you put it on a shelf, <laughs> right? And then it sits there and it gathers dust. So the ex- and then you got to get the next thing. Well, the example I was about to give was video games because I feel like there's some there's a big difference between video games and toys because to, I agree because with like that doll I told you I bought which I have to admit I guess I'm a kid old because I've bought toys as an adult. Um, Do you have a I collection actually, of them in a room no. don't somewhere? Tell, don't tell the Matrix chat this. They're, <laughs> no. they're already like Bonnie's thirteen or whatever. <laughs> I bought um, during COVID actually. I just lived right by a Walgreens and I was buying other things and I saw these. 
LOL OMG doll surprise boxes. And I just really like surprises. So I was like, oh, I want to buy this because you don't know which one you're going to get. And it'll mm-hmm. just be a fun thing to go home and do. Well, I've always been like partial to Barbie. And mm-hmm. and like even uh, Polly Pocket. I love po- loved Polly Pocket. And um, Polly Pocket was neat. They were, they were tiny little dolls, right? Like, Yeah. You could get it in that uh, form. But then later on came like a little bit bigger dolls that... So, like, there was the tiny, tiny form where it was, like, everything was just in a little heart-shaped locket, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. I only ever had, like, one of those, and then I got millions of the bigger-sized ones. Okay. I didn't even know they made bigger-sized ones. Of course, I wasn't allowed to play with dolls, but my sister had them, <laughs> right. and I thought they were neat. <laughs> Never thought about that. Like, my older brother always would come play with dolls with us, but he would always be trying to kill us or something. So, you said that these dolls are actually not satanic. You've now looked into it and you misrecall. So, okay, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't satanic. I mean, the eyeliner's a little creepy. Like, that was kind of creepy even to me when it first popped up. What you're saying is you put this doll that you purchased underwater, cold water, and it revealed certain features that weren't advertised with the product. Nope. That they, it didn't say, run me underwater and I'll change my outfit or whatever. It's just... That's so weird, just man. It's a weird thing that's just there that they didn't talk about. Yeah. But it wasn't satanic. I'm going to run my laptop underwater to see if that comes up with any yeah. designs on it. It's just weird in a, in a way because it's supposed to be a baby, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. uh, like, the thing that pops up on mine is kind of like this lingerie-esque outfit and then really creepy eyeliner, Hmm. Like, it looks mm-hmm. like spiders or but something. But did you look online to but, see if there were other ones that were, like, yeah. actually satanic? No, no? Uh, yeah, I did. But online, none of them were really satanic. Just, like, some of them were more, like, obvious lingerie. Mm-hmm. And then some of them were, like, a pizza icon. Like, why would Uh-oh. a pizza icon appear on a doll at all? But Pizzagate. one of them was on its, like, genital area. That's There's not a coincidence, right? Like, that's something that some designer chose to do, and they chose to hide that. But they could have been trolling with that. Like, if it was up to me, <sighs> and they were like, hey, for whatever reason, I'm a doll designer today, and they're like, do something weird and messed up. I'm like, piece of pizza. Got oh it. Okay. <laughs> let's let's like troll some people. Designing these dolls is already weird. Like, I don't know why I ended up... Thinking, like, you know what, they are kind of cool. Maybe it's kind of peer pressure, because so many people were coming up to me like, oh my god, I have to get the new really? OMG, LOL OMG doll. So I ended up thinking they were cooler than they really are. But really, Bratz, Barbie dolls, even my scene dolls that don't exist anymore, all superior to LOL OMG. I never, like, played with this or anything. I mean, they're all essentially the same, right? Except Bratz is, like, Barbie with attitude, I guess. <laughs> and I, I, don't I don't know. know. Actually, my mom never let me play with brats, but I would watch the movies at my friend's house. Is it because they had too much attitude? It's because they were dressed like sluts, she said. Okay. Probably good. I mean, it's probably the right thing for her to do, right? I feel like if I walked around dressed like Barbie every day, she'd be like, you look like a slut. Yeah, probably true. You'd Uh, also be unable to walk. Well, no, if you had Barbie's dimensions, you'd be unable to walk. uh, There's a Barbie movie coming out now, by the way. I saw there was a trailer for that. Yeah, it's going to be Margot Robbie, which is the perfect person to play her. All they say here is that the kid adults spend money on toys. Okay, Bonnie? I, I never Bonnie? thought I was going to play with it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought what I was What could you possibly do, do at oh, age 23? Well, it came with a little display case, so I had it mm-hmm. displayed for a while, but I just didn't like the look of the case. So these uh, so-called kid adults, they spend more on toys. They have a great fondness for cartoons, superheroes, and collectibles that remind them of their childhood. They buy merchandise such as action figures, Lego sets, and dolls that might typically be considered for kids. However, in recent years, toy makers have created product lines just for these consumers, 
realizing that demand is high for this generation of adults who still want to have fun. Now, I don't think this is a new idea, right? Like, they're presenting this as a new idea. I think the only thing new here is the name. I've never heard the, the term kidult before today, basically. But this has been around for as long as I've been around. There well, have I been was, adults buying toys. I was talking to Mark before the show about how I think that people are always trying to make it sound like, oh, every generation is so different. There's this new generation of blank. Because I constantly see, I'm a Gen Xer, so kids nowadays don't know what it's like to play outside and it's like my little brother and sister play outside unattended i played outside i roamed the whole place i think about some stuff i did that i was like well that was probably actually like dangerous when i was a little kid because i would just go all over my neighborhood well i know you've got a story tonight bonnie about kids who've been told they're not allowed to play outside or at least a mother who's been ordered by apparently police in West Virginia, to not allow her kids outdoors to play. So we can talk about that. Does this man in her yard? Yes, like even if she's watching them out the window. I don't want to make it sound like I'm passing too much judgment here. Like, hey, you do your life. If this is what makes you happy, if filling a room full of things you know, makes you happy, then by all means, you but should do it. But that's not going to make me happy. See, when I think about this, I hear, I think about people who are buying toys for whatever reason to play with them. I can't imagine that's going and on. And that, I under... Okay, they're playing with them. They're Maybe getting entertainment of out of it. It's And that's what makes them happy. And I'm fine with that. But if they're mm-hmm. buying a room full of stuff to just collect and have it sit there on the shelf, then... I'm going to kind of give them a hard time for that. Well, I'm going to give people a hard time generally over the collection habit. I think that that's what we're looking at here. Because generally, I think they say, whoever they are, that the people that study you know, people in their maturity process, they would say that at some point, and I don't know what the year is, but at some point, someone goes from being a child with like imagination... That's why you can have the G.I. Joes or the whatever Barbies and they have in your mind this sort of existence, right, as a, as a child. That's why at age 23, Bonnie, you bought this doll not really knowing what you were going to do with it. And yeah, when you asked right? me that, I kind of forgot, but I do remember what I was going to do with it. I called my friend and he was like, I was like, you have to go get one your too. Your gay friend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went and got one and we compared which ones we got. And I really think the one I got was superior. Like, I love that his hair is black and pink. I love that she's like a cute goth Latina. And I love Baby. the outfit. <laughs> so I got the best one. But you didn't come up with with your friend together with your dolls. You you admired the creation, right? Like you could appreciate it from uh, a aesthetic standpoint or whatever the creative standpoint of making this thing but you didn't adopt a a name for the doll and start you know bouncing it around and have a little adventure with uh with your friend's doll right i think we did name them and i don't remember what i named her but um mainly the fun part was getting the surprise out Mm -hmm. and being like oh i came with this and right so at some point that that was it and again i don't know what the age is i'm sure there's some studies that say between ages x y or x to z or whatever uh, children lose their imagination. Now, maybe that, maybe there are some people who've kept it longer, and maybe that's true with some of these adults, but I think we're talking about collections here. And if you look back at, uh, have you ever been in an old lady's house that has like all the little angel figures around? Aren't those coping mechanisms usually, though? What do you mean? I mean, like, is it that, like, specifically designed to allow them to, like, zone out and disassociate? Knickknacks? I never really thought about that. I always loved my grandma's knickknacks, and I thought, when I grow up, I'm going to have knickknacks, but now I don't want them because dusting. It's too much clutter. 
over my adult life, I have gotten rid of the things that I had collected as a, as a younger person. I've sold them or given them away or thrown them away, whatever I way I could get them out. I think you've collected more than me. Ooh, zing. Uh, you say that, but like you had the little thing there. <laughs> but I couldn't even find her bottle. I think it was a bottle, not a binky. I looked it up and, it, and they're all supposed to be like milk bottles, but they're kind of cartons. And I think I had like a kind of square milk carton bottle with a handle and it can go in her hand and or it can't go in her hand. It can only go in her mouth. I ask about the, uh, the, you know, the old lady with the angel figures as an example of what I think is going on here. Right. So I, I made the I asked the question as we were going out to one of the breaks is like, well, you know, is this are people that different from how they were 50 or 60 years ago with this quote unquote kid alt phenomenon or is it just sort of the natural outgrowth of pop culture today as compared to, say, somebody who was at some point a younger woman who became an old lady and th- throughout her whole life she collected these little angel figures, right? Like, she didn't have Star Wars to collect when she was, you know, mm. a young person. So she had these angel figures or whatever. So has it re- is this really a new phenomenon? Actually, I you just reminded that. me of something super weird that old to middle-aged ladies do is get those hyper-realistic baby dolls. This I'm not aware of. What are we talking about? Creepy porcelain porcelain ones. They're kind of well, they're porcelain sometimes, but they're also sometimes like uh some like latex or something to where they're made to look as real as humanly (laughs) possible. And that that's a thing that old ladies will like collect. There's even a Bob's Burgers episode where the mom has a problem with them, and she's like, "My babies." So that's another good example then, right? Of this childish thing. My mom had a couple of them that older women have gotten involved in. It's definitely never been something like little kids would want. They're like. Don't touch those things type of thing. Oh, yeah. And also like glass dolls. My mom used to have lots of glass dolls. She would put them like in our room, but we weren't allowed Mm. to touch them. And they creeped us out. In the 70s and 80s, according to the story here at CNBC, the toy business began to shift away from being an industry that was just about the next innovative item and embraced creating more product based on entertainment franchises. To be sure, there were toys based on movies and TV shows prior to that time, but this is when the trend kicked into high gear. In 1977, Star Wars launched, and you started seeing a lot more licensed product at retail. Where we were celebrating our fandom. This is the same guy they interviewed earlier, Mr. Padawar. That's because they let George Lucas keep all the merchandising rights to Star Wars. And he was like, I'm going to make some money somehow. And he turned out to make a lot of money somehow. Celebrating our fandom with toys and collectibles. This also included non-toy merchandise such as bed sheets, crockery, and clothing. Quote, Crockery like crockpots? I guess so. At the same time, the intended recipient was almost all kids. But the children that were born in the 70s and 80s were really the first generation that had this much licensing and this much product that was available for them to demonstrably be attached to. And it's not a big surprise then that those kids in their 30s and 40s now, that they continue to demonstrate that. Unquote. This kidulting trend, according to CNBC, started to rise in prominence around a decade ago as superhero movies and comic book culture exploded into the mainstream. It became more consequential to the bottom lines of toy companies in the last five years, according to James Zahn, who's the editor-in-chief of The Toy Book. So if I'm understanding this correctly, kids were you know, fed consumerism their entire lives and now they're adults. And, and they're hooked on it. Still, yeah, hooked on consumerism. The toy manufacturers such as Lego embraced these consumers and created lines, often tied to nostalgic entertainment properties just for this cohort. 
Hasbro's Black Series for action figures is a prime example of this, tapping into the desire for high-quality Star Wars and Marvel collectibles. Even Mattel has lines from Barbie and Hot Wheels that are designed specifically for this adult group of buyers. And they're calling them just collectibles now. So these aren't mm-hmm. toys. Or they, these are just adults who collect stuff. They're intended to be kept in the packaging, right? right. Like, you're not supposed to play with these. The idea is... Think it's- money or gets worth more over time that's the theory right the idea that oh well this thing that's coming out later that wasn't the original edition or whatever is going to be worth something because well we called it a collectible version and re-released it with some that's fancy generally not on. how it works though right no it's not like it's if you knew something was going to be i mean you're never going to know that something is going to explode in value and if you did know, then it wouldn't explode in value because everyone would have one and that would new to the price of it. And the reissue of the original thing that did go up in value isn't going to be worth a fraction of right. the, uh, the the old original. There's, there's a Barbie that's at every single Walmart that changes every year and it's like the whatever year edition and she's mm-hmm. usually wearing a red dress. You can get her in like any different race, but she's about the same uh, Barbie. And she's in like a fancier box, and it's supposed to be like you don't open those ones. The collector's edition. Yeah, the yeah. the collector's what, every single year though. Sure, Barbie and if my mom. They, if they only did it once, then they wouldn't make as much money. They yeah. got to keep bringing it out. I think the worst collections are Christmas decoration collections. Mm. The just the worst. Like people will get them bigger and bigger. My mom sent me some this year, and it's not that I don't think they're pretty. I like them, but I don't want any more. I don't want one mm-hmm. more Christmas decoration, really. See, I've always just moved a lot. And when you move a lot, you more stuff, stuff is bad, right? You want the, the least amount of stuff that you can have in Well, that's order because to... you're saying about that, but there are people who will literally box up everything they have, get rid of nothing, and move everything everywhere they go. They, I have to imagine they don't move as often as I've moved mm-hmm. in my life. Maybe. I mean, you, you could probably do that once, maybe twice, you know, if you move to a new city or something like that. But if you're moving every two or three years, you're you're living disposably for the most part. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's worked just fine for me most of my life. And it's caused me to not want to collect a bunch of stuff. The closest right. I ever came to collecting stuff was when I was like, I'm going to build a regular Nintendo, an NES collection, right? Mm-hmm. And then I How'd realized that, that the price of games were going to be... and. The difficulty of having a old game console connected to a modern television mm-hmm. all the time, because otherwise you got to get back there and connect it if you want to play it, and the games take up space. Right. And I was like, all of this can be done with a one hundred dollar laptop from Walmart, and with then an I emulator, can, yeah, mean. and then I can have right. seven hundred times the amount of games that take up exactly no space and cost me no money. How far did you get into that collection before uh, you abandoned? I had maybe fifteen total games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, really early on in it because it's prohibitively expensive. First of all, but even if it hadn't been, I wouldn't have gotten very far because before I was like, there's literally no benefit to doing it this way. It's just like the the old school people who are like, oh, the only way to listen to an album is is on the album. On you, a you record. Can't buy, yeah, on the, on the record, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, okay I mean, bro. you can say that if you want, but whatever. I, I know you're listening to that in inferior quality, and you know that, but you convince yourself that's the one true way if you want. Other brands such as Funko have always catered toward adult collectors who are in tune with their inner kid. Yeah, I don't like those things. CNBC. Well, what things? Funko Pop. They're big dolls oh, or whatever. Oh, that's what those are? They kind of look a little bit like elbow and But are they larger? They're larger and they're supposed to be like, like there's probably a SpongeBob one. There's a 
And they all look the same, don't they? Like with minor changes or whatever. They, they, just kind they of have like have a the same uniform face. look. Yeah. And then it's like whatever whatever it is that you want. Like maybe butcher babies could have their own Funko Pop. They probably do. Yeah. I mean, they're a bit of merchandising whores. Quote, we know this generation does take their jobs very seriously, but at the end of the day, they also want to have fun, said the senior director marketing for Razor. But they're not having fun. They're collecting garbage. Now people can display their things outside of their home, meaning that they can take a picture mm-hmm. and share it on social media. Whereas before, when grandma had her huge collection of angels or precious moments or whatever, it would only be something that she could really show to people that would come over and visit her home. And then she could show off her angel collection. Whereas now, if you've got a big you know, Funko collection or whatever, Funko Pop, I guess they're called, then you can post it online. In fact, we found a... And no one still wants to see it. Well, right. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, we found a, I think it was a Twitter account. Was it consumers posting their L's or something oh, like that? Oh, that's a really good one. It's so funny. Consumers yeah. posting their losses, I guess. L, L's. Is, oh, yeah. L losses, stands for yeah. losses. Yeah. So it's consumer at consumer L's and it's just got. But it's consumer with two O's, right? Instead uh, of a U. Yeah. So it's like right. cringe, right? As people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to see this. It's really good. It's a really funny one. Yeah, it's hilarious. So it's got the uh, the sort of the two color um, image of like the dude, the like the the neck beard left leftist dude with his mouth open as their the image for the account, and then they oh, literally. Yeah. They literally take photos that people post of themselves just totally geeking out over their collection of whatever, and almost always their mouth is wide open in this sort of classic um, soy boy look or whatever, and then they they take that and they turn it into an image, like one of these two-color drawing images of the soy boy open mouth look, and it's just, it's hilarious. I mean, I'm doing my best to describe it, right. but you just have to see it. I mean, I like this first one. Uh, I owned over 500 games before my house burned down, collected for 20 years. Very humbling yeah. to start all over with nothing. This is my current collection. It's just five They're games. They're starting like, all over, why, though. That's oh, the point, man. right? See, I support them having a maximum of, like, five games that they really love and they really cared about and that really impacted them as they were growing up. But he's mm. starting all over. That's just the start. Yeah, that's Before depressing. His house what? gets so you know filled with stuff that it's a fire hazard. What right. a waste of happened. money! <laughs> so uh, let's see a little bit more here. So we've gotten off of the portion of the story that was all about like collecting dolls or things that sit on a shelf, collect dust. And then they talk about the Razor, which is a scooter from apparently back in the year two thousand. I mean, I remember hearing about these. It was I was definitely too old for uh-huh. this when uh, when they came out. I had them. I didn't even realize they came out that recently. I thought they were older. Sarah, what kind of, if any, collections do you have in your life? We know you were homeless for a time, and I would imagine it is hard to uh, you know, maintain a collection when you don't have a roof uh, under which you can store that. Uh, but uh, but you you know you've kind of moved up in the world since then. It's been a few years since you've been homeless, I believe. Uh, do you collect anything? Col- collect anything? The only thing... I don't. I don't really have any collectibles. No, I don't. I don't really. I don't believe in that. I. Okay. I don't have anything that I collect. Something we have in. No. Uh, we have in common, Sarah. Is it because capitalists want to collect <laughs> things, Sarah? Well, I. I don't. I. I just don't think that. But yeah, that some people collect uh, baseball cards and Barbie dolls or whatever. What's important? So important that why do they have to hoard? I don't. I don't believe in hoarding. 
I'm with you. you know, no, Sarah, okay, Sarah, you and I are on the same page on this. I'm totally with you on this. I think that, you know, collections, people that have collections, it's just the next step to hoarding, right? Like hoarding is where you've gone over, like completely overboard into the point where you can't even move around your house anymore. Like that's Good the Lord, ultimate. Lord, that's horrifying. That's the ultimate level of hoarder, right? Is where you've, you've got tiny little right. uh, paths in your home and you don't, you know, it, the rooms are just filled with things. You can bear, you can't even get to the other side of the room because it's full of stuff. That's what hoarding is. Collections are certainly more organized, right? Like somebody's putting the right. things all, everything's in its place, and they're organized and dusted and things like that. So I wouldn't quite la- label collector as a hoarder, but they have some similarities. Yep, and it can definitely easily get into that, especially if you're just not like a very clean person. I feel like that that has to be an uh, an added thing for hoarding because it's just like, you ha- can't possibly make your house completely clean if it's so packed with stuff that you can't make, you know, you have to you have a little... You can't get there. You can't clean it. ...hold through, t- walking through a room, you know. But what it is, is it's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. It's a disorder. So it's like your mind feels that if you give something up, you'll never, ever have it get get it back again. It's mm-hmm. a, it's yeah. a, your mind says you're deprived. I have a lack of abundance. I can't let any of any of this go. I'll mm. never get back again. And most people from like Great Depression or people that had a lot of poverty, they get stuck on this uh, OCD. It's you make a, a great a point, Sarah. I've never actually heard mm-hmm. somebody bring up the uh, the idea of the lack of abundance as right. the sort of the the ultimate reason, the sort of the base level reason why somebody might have this this hoarding problem. The idea that they, they just can't let something go because oh, I might need that someday. So teenagers from time immemorial have always wanted to be different. A lot of them have, right? Like that's a cool thing to do for a teenager. Is that's why we dress like idiots, wearing fifty-inch bell-bottom jinkos and crap, right? I never did that. Uh, I mean, we did. I, I, I did. I don't think I even knew they existed at the time when they were around. And it wasn't necessarily that we were trying to be different. I mean, we were different and we were trying to manifest that in appearance form, I guess. So now they figured out a new way to be different, which is to go back to the olden times. On a brisk recent Sunday, this is the New York Times here. Do they call it ye olden times? No. That's too bad. Uh, A band of teenagers met on the steps of Central Library on Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn. So we're talking about, you know, New York City here to start the weekly meeting of the Luddite Club, a high school group that promotes a lifestyle of self-liberation from social media and technology. As the dozen teens headed into Prospect Park, they hid away their iPhones, or in the case of the most devout members, their flip phones, which some had decorated with stickers and nail polish. They so they're up- breaking their rules to an extent. Is it, did they I understand them, that correctly? But they don't use them when so, they hang out. So the most, uh, as you'll learn here, the most like extreme of the group have gotten rid of their smartphones entirely. Okay. But the group's open to people who are new, right? And so okay, like, sure. you got to get the newbies in, and if they can put their phone away for an hour, that's a step in the right direction. Basically. Okay, that's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, they marched up the hill to their usual spot, a dirt mound located far from the park's crowds. Among them was Odil Zexter Kaiser, a senior. Boy, he sounds like he's Amish. <laughs> sounds like a lib- liberal, right? Uh, senior at I don't Edward- know what the heck you guys are gain- gaining in- any information from that name. It sounds like an alien name. <laughs> it's got a hyphenated last name. It's a good, sa- a good sign of a possible liberal parents, but... 
Anyway, a senior at Edward Murrow High School in Midwood who trudged through the leaves in Doc Martens and mismatched wool socks. He said, or she said, not sure. Uh, it's a little frowned Wait, on. Does if, the thing say that? No, I said that. <laughs> if someone doesn't show up, we're here every Sunday, rain or shine, even snow. We don't keep in touch with each other. So you have to show up, right? How would you keep in touch with them easily without sending like a letter? How did they group you... like this? You know, I'm I'm such a technology person that I'm like, how did a group like this even form without technology, right? Mm, that's a good point. How did they without technology? But they got the word. The word got around. Honestly, friends brought friends. I don't know why you're being so mean to them because I'm not actually. Be mean? I'm not being mean to. Them. I think it's an interesting. You're gonna say, phenomenon. oh, they want to be different. It couldn't possibly be that they're just I'm like I could see my about... life would be better off without an iPhone. Yeah, because... I'm just because that's true about teenagers. Right? I think like, about this it is a, a way for teens to be different. It's I think not a about bad it a, way. a lot. Like, how different would my life be if I just got rid of my iPhone? Like, sometimes I like find myself like being about to leave a room and going like grabbing my mm-hmm. phone on the way out, and I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like when things are you know controlling my life. Like, yeah, I don't even. I didn't. Even, I stopped kratom because I was like, this plant is controlling my life. Mm. Arthur, the bespectacled PBS aardvark, is their mascot. Quote, lots of us have read this book called Into the Wild, said Lola Shubb, a senior at Essex Street Academy, referring to John Krakauer's 1996 nonfiction book about the nomad Chris McCandless, who died while trying to live off the land in the Alaskan wilderness. Quote, we've got all got this theory that we're not just meant to be confined to buildings and work. And that guy was experiencing life, real life, social media and phones are not real life. And she's right about that point. Uh, and we've certainly criticized people with their obsession with technology and the fact that it has driven, especially teenagers, especially younger people, away from being able to even hang out with one another. And then to this sort of digital realm of, quote unquote, hanging out online. It's not just teenagers, though, man. I go to the bar every Sunday night with, with people, mm. man, and it never fails that at least two or three people are just glued to their phones the this is entire in the group that freaking you're with? time. You're yeah. with these people? Yeah, mm-hmm. and these are, you know, people my age, not, not kids, yeah. not 20 year olds. These are 30 year olds who just cannot stop scrolling Facebook long enough to just have a conversation, have a 30 minute night out at the bar with people. Yeah. It's depressing. Yeah, I think I, I really think something these young people are on to something here. I don't think that in the world in which we live, it's likely that you can stick with this forever. But maybe they can. It's it's always like anytime I think about leaving a social media, not even like leaving my phone behind, but mm-hmm. leaving a social media, I'm like, oh, but I need it for blah, 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 X, Y, Z or or like, oh, but I'll be missing out kind of like mm-hmm. I'll end up not being able to connect with as many people as I would otherwise. And it just seems like overall the pros outweigh the cons a little bit let's go to uh david though he's in uh texarkana listening to ktfs go ahead david yeah you mentioned uh not being able to walk to the house that is the most extreme case of hoarding there's depending on which scale you want to use there's either five or ten but minimal clutter that is a sign of the initial eventually getting to that level like holding on to newspapers because I want to save for that coupon, but the newspaper's a month old. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't need it then. Why do you need to keep that coupon now? Right. There'll be another coupon. It um, sounds like you've dealt with this from, in your life. My mom suffers from it. She's uh, getting close. Uh, she had, you know, she can't sleep on her bed because there's so much stuff in her room and on her bed. That's oh, that's a, yeah, that's when you know there's a serious problem when you cannot find a place to put things, so you start p- 
piling them on beds right. and couches. If I have to clean off stuff from my bed before I go to bed, it's going directly into the trash for being on my bed when I'm trying to go to sleep. Now, uh, there's also the hidden closet hoarders who have that spare bedroom and for guests, well, I'll turn that into a storage room. And I've seen that quite a lot from people. There's that too. Um, the collecting, it's 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 a sign of control. You know, I can control this here, and that's kind of where it starts. Like, we know all about the CP thing years ago. It was, I can control this. When the world is chaotic, I have something that I nobody can tell me what to do with it. What was the thing from a few years ago? Toilet paper. Oh, toilet paper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the initial start is you collect things. My mom has four or five canes that her ex-husband who died, he used. So she holds on to that. She's got mm-hmm. stuff from my grandmother who died, I think, about 30 years ago. You know, she's got this chair that's over 80 years old, and I want to keep it. Or, you know, it's just simple little things like that. It's like you don't use it. you got to get rid of it. And these uh, now everybody's becoming minimalist. Uh, you know, the tiny home revolution, they're – they get rid of what they're not going to use. If you, oh, I suspect you, everyone is not a minimalist. But yes, I mean, if right. there's a trend in that direction, I think it's a good thing, right? Like people simplifying yeah. their life, getting rid of stuff that you're not going to use, and getting over the sentimentality aspect of it where you're looking at a thing and, oh, well, my grandmother had this. It's like, well, okay, now what? But right? you own it now, so what are you going to use it for? If it's not, it's just a thing. You can... Get a new thing. Right. But and I don't infect you, your kids with the same belief system. Try to break that mentality and right. uh, incul- inculcate the idea of simplicity. I mean, this is something the Quakers talk a lot about, and I think they're they're right about it. You know, if, the idea of keeping your life simple. And if you die with, like, a serious hoarder house and your kids have to clean that up when you die, that's just rude. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.